Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Come on, like we do every Sunday, let's hold them up, let's lean in, and let's make this Bible declaration with a heart full of faith. You ready? Let's read it together. Come on. This is my Bible. It is God's word written to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I receive it as truth for my life today and open my heart to hear God speak a word and fill me with the Holy Spirit so that my life will be changed forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you believe that, church? Come on. You believe that when we open the scriptures, God speaks. The Holy Spirit speaks. Well, let me start with this. How does God lead us into his promises? And just as important, maybe even more important, how can we cooperate with him and follow his lead? That's what I want to talk to you today about. And this is really, really relevant. Uh, I don't know if you consider yourself like a a mature Christian or, or you even consider yourself a Christian at all. You may not be a church person and you're just tuning into this by accident. Well, I'm so glad that you're with us because this message is relevant for everyone under the sound of my voice. God has promises. God has a purpose. God has plans for your life. And he wants to lead you into those promises and into those purposes and into those plans for your life. And it's important that we gain a better understanding about how that actually, we don't, we don't have to just wing it. Amen. We don't have to be like a pinball in a pinball machine. You ever play those? I'm dating myself a little bit. But when I was a kid, we would go down to Pico Rivera, California, and there was a, there was an arcade room, right? Just every game you could ever imagine. And I'd like those big old pinball machines. And you just bounce those balls all over the place and they're bumping here and bumping there and everything's lighting up. Listen, you don't have to live your life like a pinball machine, like a ball, just bumping all over the place, wherever the wind blows, wherever people suggest. Listen, God has promises for you, friend. And he wants for you to learn. He wants for us to learn how to cooperate with him so that he can lead us into his promises. We're on like the seventh week of a series that we're calling Under Contract. And the subject title is really, really interesting too because it's understanding our covenant with God through Jesus. We have a blood covenant through the blood of Jesus. It's a legal spiritual contract. And one of the benefits that you and I have access to is for God to lead us in the purposes and the plans and the promises that he has for us as his sons and daughters of God. Now, I don't have time to backtrack. If you've missed any of our messages, you can go to my Facebook feed. I've got them videos there, or you can go to our website. You can listen to all of that for free. I also want to let you on our website, let you know you can, you can download a study guide. 
It's got all the main text. It's got questions and answers. Help you go deeper in your following Jesus. I also just want to remind you, if you haven't got that book, and those of you who got the book, and you haven't started reading it yet, let me just encourage you. That book, God swears to keep his promises by Pastor Jerry Dearman in California. I promise you've never read a book like that before. This is not a mainstream teaching. This is revelation from the Holy Spirit that he got. It's all about understanding our blood covenant from Genesis to Revelation through Jesus. I promise you'll be glad you got it. I've got one left and we can order more. They're not expensive, $12 or $15, $13. If you don't have $13 and you don't think you'll ever get $13, you'll never see $13, just let me know. We'll give you a book. We want you to read the book. It's a great book. Well, listen, turn with me, if you would, to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And as we look at a verse there, I want to tell you a true story. Uh, My wife and I have this little camper. You've heard me mention it before. And we like to go camping to the beach. We, We found some big campgrounds at the beach. And we can set up our little camper. And like from here to the foyer, we're on the sand. So if you don't like the beach, that's not for you, but we like the beach. The beach just supercharges me. It refreshes me. We could hear the waves, and we can feel the breeze, and we love the beach. So we're there camping for five days, and before we're going to leave and check out, the night before, we start tightening some things up. Well, we had kind of made this makeshift privacy screen with some tarps and some bungees. Give us some privacy, right? Because they're camping pretty close to you there. We got our dogs, so they don't look at all the dogs and go berserk, and People think we're bad dog parents, which we kind of are. We got to train them. But nevertheless, we had everything all set up and it had some privacy. And our little trailer has this automatic awning. It's like 10 feet long. I don't know how many feet it covers us, gives us some good shade. Well, we extend that awning. We got it secure. And we had this space that was letting everybody see in. So I got another tarp and I bungeed it. How many of you ever heard of bungee cords? Bungee cords are your friends. We bungeed this uh, tarp to my automatic awning arm, and it was perfect. We're all tight, and we got this privacy. Well, the night before, I'm cleaning that up. I pick up all the awnings, I mean, the the bungees and and the tarps, and um, I forgot that I bungeed one tarp to my automatic awning arm. So I went in my little trailer, and there's a button to, to detract the automatic awning. And I'm, and I'm watching it come in on one side. And then it starts going. It was all jacked up. And, uh, and I stopped. There's something's wrong. And I looked out on this side. And the bungee was still connected. And it was kind of keeping the awning arm from coming in. But the motor was still working. And it bent that awning arm, just destroyed my whole awning. So I'm bummed out. All I can do is call an RV mechanic to come out, help me get that in, tie it down so we can drive back home for four hours and get home safely. So now I'm home and I'm researching, I'm looking on the internet, I'm calling people. Well, these awning arms are like 500 bucks each. And then Jayco, my manufacturers, replaced that one with a pair. You can't buy one anymore because they upgraded the quality of it. So now you got to buy a pair, and a pair is like $875 plus shipping. And then I'm contacting my RV mechanics. Who's going to give me the best deal? You know, two to $400. It's in the thousands to get this thing replaced. 
So a week goes by, and I'm just wondering. And then all of a sudden, I think we saw something online, and it never really sunk deep into me. But then I remembered as I was getting these quotes, wonder what my insurance contract would say about this. So I called them. And she said, well, tell me what happened. I told her, she said, I've never heard of that before. I don't even know if that's going to be covered. Let me check. So she makes some calls and she texts and she calls me back the next day and leaves me a voicemail. She said, Robert, I got good news. You're covered. Come on and somebody say amen. You're covered. The only thing we have to determine is whether or not you have a $250 deductible or a $500 deductible. Well, good news is the deductible was only $250. And the better news is they gave me a check to cover the whole thing. And before they cut the check, they pulled out the deductible from the total of the check. I didn't have to come up with one red cent. I've got a check in my bank account. Because the contract of insurance that I say so says that I can. And now I'm just waiting for my new awning to come in so that it can be replaced. Can you say amen? Now, what if you and I had as much, or dare I say, even more confidence in our blood covenant contract with Jesus that God would lead us into his promises and his purposes for our lives? How would that affect us? See, we appreciate homeowners insurance and car insurance and home warranty programs and health insurance. And when we need them, we call on them. Well, listen, friend, you have a blood covenant contract in Jesus. And one of those benefits is that God's promised to lead you and guide you in your life so you don't have to live like a pinball in a pinball machine. Romans 8:14 says this, for all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. Now it's on the screen. Will you read it with me church? Come on, nice and loud. Ready, read. For all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. Now, just so you know, God has female sons and male sons. This word isn't necessarily gender specific. It's talking about a maturing one in the things of God. Can you say amen? That's what this is referring to. Now, in the context, this is talking about how in our relationship with Jesus, we're free from condemnation, and we've got the Spirit of God living on the inside of us, and now we don't owe anything to live to our old, carnal, fleshly ways that we once lived to. Now we owe everything to learn to live according to the Spirit and follow His direction and His guidance and His directives in our life. And that's what this means here. So I want to talk to you today for a few minutes, and here's the subject title, Following the Holy Spirit's Lead. Come on, say it with me. Following the Holy Spirit's Lead. Now let me just share something with you, okay? If you have a highlighter or a pen, circle the word led, or whatever it's translated in your Bible. Some translations might say guide, but mine says led for all who are led by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God. These are sons of God. The word led is the Greek word ago. A-G-O. 
Oh, and it's important, ago. And it means to take or lead and bring to the point of destination. Okay? And I want you to imagine, just maybe imagine a, a, an animal, like a dog. I have dogs. Uh, how many of you ever walked a dog, right? So imagine a dog being led by a rope or a leash that's loosely tied around its neck by its owner. And the owner only has to use kind of gentle nudges, gentle tugs to encourage the animal in the right direction. He, he's not forcing him. He, he's not pulling on him with all of his. He's gently nudging and gently directing. That's the picture of this word lead. Now, it's important you know that because the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not going to force you to follow God. He's not going to drag you kicking and screaming. He wants to lead you. So we have to learn how to follow him. That's a key word, right? We can't follow him. He can't lead us. He can't lead us. We can't follow. So we got to work together in unison. Now, this is important. If you read this context in Romans 8, 16, it says something like this. The Holy Spirit convinces you that you're a child of God. What does that mean? No matter what anybody says to try to convince you that you're not a child of God, you know that you know that you know. Amen? You're a child of God. Oh, here's a question. It's not a trick question. If the Holy Spirit can convince you and lead you to believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are born again, that you are a child of God, can the Holy Spirit lead you and convince you in other areas of your life? Absolutely he can. Not only can he, but he wants to. He's been assigned to do that. And it's important that we understand this. So many people, dare I say Christians, so many Christians are led by all kinds of stuff that isn't God. People are led by emotions. They get mad, they get hurt, they leave a marriage. They get mad, they get hurt, they leave a church. They get mad, they get hurt, they leave a job. The only thing that's the same at this job than at the other job is you. You're there and you get mad and you get hurt and you leave that job too. I've done it. One, two, three. I got frustrated. I didn't like the manager, what he said, how he treated me, what he said. I was a Christian. I didn't pray. I didn't ask the Holy Spirit. I just left. My friends were telling me, you don't have to take that. You're better than that. Just go, for, go get another job. And we just leave. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say, don't be a Christian that's following all kinds of stuff. Learn to follow the Holy Spirit. People follow CNN. People follow Oprah Winfrey. People follow Dr. Phil. People follow Dr. Oz. Hey, doctors are great. But we serve the great physician. Amen. Let's learn to follow the Holy Spirit. He wants to lead you. So here's the thing. How does the Holy Spirit lead us? And I want to just share three things here that are usually involved with the Holy Spirit leading us into what God has for us, specifically his purposes and his promises. Real quick, A, closeness and cooperation. B, internal conflict. C, continual process. Let's look at these a little closer. First one is 
Closeness and cooperation. Two C's. Say that with me. Closeness and cooperation. Think about this man who's walking his dog, right? As the dog learns to trust its owner, the dog will learn to yield to the gentle tug. Eventually, that rope won't even be needed. Uh, we're talking about trying to train our dogs and whether or not we want to invest in training our dogs. And we watch some videos. There's some dog trainers. You can drop off your dog with them for a month for a small fee of $4,000. And you'll get him back trained without a leash. I mean, he can almost talk English. Everything you tell him, he does. Everywhere you move, he follows Everything you want him to do, he does it. He becomes so trained that he doesn't need a leash anymore. God wants you and I to get like that with the Holy Spirit. He wants us to learn to follow the Holy Spirit, but it will take closeness and cooperation. Psalm 32, 8 and 9, watch this. God is speaking to us. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. What does that mean? I will guide you with my, see, if you're religious, you think, oh, God's watching me. He's, he's ready to whack. No, no, that's not what it means. That's relationship. You're so close. You're, 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 you're experiencing his presence. It's like face to face. It's like you're watching him and he's watching you. He's going to guide you with his eye. Do not be like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with bit and bridle, or else they will not come near you. God's saying, don't be like that. Be easy to lead. Be cooperative. Get close to me so that I could lead you into my promises. Facebook friends and family, God has promises for you. And if you'll learn to get close to Jesus and close to the Holy Spirit and learn to cooperate with him, he's going to lead you and guide you into what he has for you. When we were at the beach, I still get in the water with my boogie board. I love that. I feel like I'm in my 20s and I'm catching some waves and having fun. And, and I look up at the sand and Yolanda's sitting up there. You know, she's got her umbrella and she's got her chair and she's excited. She's got her magazines and she's enjoying beach life. And then there's people walking their dogs. And this one lady comes, and she's walking her dogs, and the dogs are cute, and the dogs go up to Yolanda, and Yolanda's, excuse me, she's petting the dog and, you know, loving on the doggy, and then, then the owner decides, okay, it's time to go now. And so the owner starts pulling on the leash, and the dog just platforms all four like that. And I'm watching this. I think I've got a picture up there, David. Do we have a picture of the dog? And the lady's still pulling the leash. And all I see is this dog just sliding in the sand. And he's smiling. I think he's having fun, right? And he's just making this big old groove in the sand, you know. It just is, and it's the funniest thing. The dog doesn't want to budge. The dog doesn't want to move. God's saying, don't be like that dog. Cooperate with me. Get closer to me. So the first thing you got to know with learning to follow the Holy Spirit's lead, it will take a closeness and a cooperation. It's not all on God. Second thing, letter B, it's going to have an internal conflict. How many of you ever had that internal conflict, right? Internal conflict. Ago, ago, A-G-O, think about it, 
It's the root word for agon. Agon. That's where we get the word in English, agony. Agony. Okay? So we're reminded with this word led, agon, that developing this cooperation and closeness in relationship, it's not easy and it's not automatic. And at times, following the Holy Spirit is going to create this internal conflict. And listen, friend, when you have it, that's a good thing. Can you say amen? Look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 17. The sinful nature, that's your old dead nature. Sin is still very much alive. Your nature of sin is dead. It's been replaced by a new uh, saint, holy, pure nature in Christ. But sin is very much alive, so your old nature wants to kind of zombie out once in a while. It wants to take control. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces, listen, are constantly fighting each other. So you, your new nature, are not free to carry out your good intentions. Let me add this, without the internal conflict. So the Holy Spirit wants to lead you to do God's will and follow God's purposes and follow God's plans. But sometimes you and I have this nature that rears its ugly head up that wants to do opposite of God. For example, I'm not talking to you, but maybe I'm talking to you on Facebook. For example, the Bible says in Hebrews, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as some do, especially as you see the day, capital D, approaching. Jesus is coming back, friend, And the reason why we have that in Hebrews is because when we gather together in person, there's something specific that flows that you're not going to get at your house watching on the couch. Amen. So some of you get up in the morning, you're trying to cut the sheets and you're rolling around and the Holy Spirit saying, get ready, get to service. And the inside's like, I want some more Z's or I want a big breakfast or I want to just chill out. Listen. There's that internal conflict. If we learn to cooperate and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, God will lead us into the plans and the purposes and the promises that he has for us. Can somebody say amen? Letter C. Letter C is so important. How long does this take place, Pastor Robert? Like maybe the first month of my relationship with Jesus? Or or maybe after I mature enough, like five years, then then I don't have that anymore. No? No? I I wish I could say different, but it's a continual process. Come on, say that with me. A continual process. It's so important that you understand that. Now, this is important. Listen, when it says that those who are sons of God will be led by the Spirit of God, this is written in a way that communicates an ongoing process. It's not a one and done. It's a present participle. It's an action verb without an ending. It keeps going. Those who are being continually led by the Spirit of God. So when does that stop? Never. Never till you get to heaven. Right? So no matter how long you've been walking with the Lord, friend, this message is applicable to you. 
Doesn't matter how much scripture you know. Doesn't matter how much you can memorize it. Doesn't matter how much you study your Bible. The Holy Spirit will continually be leading you in a process of maturation, becoming more and more like Christ, ready, willing, and able to follow the Spirit's lead. That's what he's asking of us. But listen, friend, if you and I can learn to cooperate and get close, if we can realize that there's this internal conflict that goes on, but greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If we can believe that and receive that, then we win. Amen? And we can go after what God has for us. And then we have to realize there's a continual process. So here's another question I want to ask because it's applicable. What's the pathway that the Holy Spirit uses to lead us into receiving God's purposes and promises? What's the pathway? Is there a pathway? Well, let's look at John 16. Jesus talks about it. By the way, this is so exciting because all throughout the Old Testament, even when we read in Psalm 32 about how God wants to lead us and guide us with his eye and he doesn't want us to be like the horse that needs a bridle and to be forced. Man, the Old Testament saints, they would have loved to have the promise of Jesus fulfilled like we do. Look at it. John 16, 13, the front half. Jesus is speaking. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. So what's the pathway? The pathway is truth. The pathway is God's truth. The pathway is what God says is true. Not what our culture says is true. Not what I think is true. Not whatever we think is, you know, I don't know, true in this situation. Truth doesn't change, amen? Man's opinions about truth change, but God's truth never changes. So Jesus is promising the spirit of truth. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the one who's going to guide you into all truth. For he, the Holy Spirit, will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. Wow. You have a personal guide. The Holy Spirit lives in you. And he wants to lead you and guide you. And the pathway that he leads you and guides you on is truth. This is why Lakeshore, Pastor Gill, myself, those of us who bought into this, we will never stop preaching and teaching, read your Bible. Invest time with God. Meditate on the word. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man or the woman of God may be thoroughly equipped, prepared for every good work. Amen. Are you reading your Bible, friend? Are you a Christian and not reading your Bible? You got to step beyond ankle deep. Just make up your mind. At some point, you got to read your Bible. Amen. That's the truth. How do you know that's the truth, Pastor Robert? When Jesus was praying in John 17 for his disciples, he said, Father, sanctify them by your truth. Listen, your word is truth. That's what Jesus said, John 17, 17. Don't take my word for it. Look it up. This is the truth. And so the Holy Spirit is going to lead you in the pathway of truth. So you got to know the general promises of God. When you begin to know the general promises of God, the Holy Spirit will begin to kind of focus and fine-tune specific promises that God 
has for you, has for your life, has for your family, has for your future. But if you don't even know the general promises, and God's speaking to you, and you don't even know what to do, you ask a friend, and the friend kind of recommends this book, and then this book recommends this self-help guide, and puts you in touch with this guru that Oprah Winfrey uses, who's not Christ-centered, who's very spiritual, who's very real in the spirituals, but it's not the spirit of Christ. And if you don't know the word, you won't even know what spirit you're dealing with. Amen. So he leads you on a pathway of truth. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of Christ from the truth. So Pastor Robert, okay, I get it. God wants to lead me. Um, what can I do though? Is there anything I can do? There is because this is a partnership. It's a partnership. Just because God has promises for you, friend, that doesn't mean they're automatic. That doesn't mean there isn't a real devil who's going to try to keep them from coming to pass in your life. By the way, let me just say this. I don't care how old you are. You could be a young person or you can be up there in age, right? Caleb and Joshua, they were 80 years old or so, and they still believed that God had a promise for them, and they went up and they took it. They said, we're well able to take what God spoke to us 40 years ago. So friend, if you've got breath, God's got a promise for you. He's not done with you yet. you got breath, he's got a purpose for you. He's got a plan for you. He wants to use us as a church to help one another bring it to pass and then bring others so that he can bring it to pass for them as well. It's important. So this is so good. I'm preaching to myself. I get excited about this stuff because God took somebody like me who was serving the devil, didn't know anything about Jesus, didn't know anything about church, didn't want to serve God, and he began to shape me and mold me. He saved me. He delivered me. He healed me. He's renewing my mind, and he wants to do that for you. And it's so powerful. I get excited. But how do we discover these things? Listen, it's, it's not just by your smarts. It's, it's not by your human wisdom. I think Paul alludes to it in, in 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10. He says, I has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us by his spirit, for the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. So it's not just human wits. It's not just human understanding. It's spiritual. Did you know a lot of people believe that we have five senses? Do you know what the five senses are? I think I could remember them. Touch, right? Is that one? See, is that one? Smell, is that one, right? Taste, is that one? What's the last one? Hearing, hear? Okay, see, I almost forgot the five senses. So we got five senses as humans. But I want to tell you, if you've never heard this before, you need to know. As a Holy Spirit filled, blood-bought, purchased possession of Jesus, you have a supernatural sixth sense. And it's the Holy Spirit. He leads you. He guides you. He speaks to you. He relays God's mind and heart to you. He has feelings. He has emotions. He has thoughts. He has power. He isn't a power. He's a person with power. Amen. And you got to realize you have this sixth sense. That's not in the Bible. I'm just saying that the Holy Spirit supernaturally gives you the ability to sense things in the spirit. 
even when it may not look like it makes sense in the natural, to lead you into the things of God. But there are things that we can do. So before we leave, real quick, I want to just give you real quick, five things. Somebody say real quick, real quick. Five things that you can do that will help you be led into God's purposes and promises. These are really, really good. Number one, start preparing now. Somebody say prepare. Start preparing now. If you believed that the Holy Spirit of God was going to begin to lead you into an opportunity of a lifetime starting in January, you would start preparing now. You would start getting ready. You would be excited. Preparation is prophetic for expectation. Amen? You would begin to prepare. What can I do? Well, listen, if you're not reading your Bible, come on. Start reading your Bible. If there's areas in your life that need to get cleaned up, come on, clean them up. I thought I'm already clean in Jesus. You are. But if you're experiencing areas in your life that are clogging the clarity of the voice of God in your life, clean those areas up. You and I can do things that can make it harder to recognize his lead. Things that aren't of God. Things that cloudy up and muddy up the waters. Prepare. Begin reading your Bible. Pray. Equip yourself. Begin to get to know the Holy Spirit. Study the scriptures about the Holy Spirit. Get this personal close relationship with him. Jesus referred to him about 16 times with masculine personal pronouns in John. He's a person. You can get to know a person. Amen. I'll give you three R's. Three R's that will help you. Ready? Reverence. Recognize. Respond. Reverence the Holy Spirit. He's God. He's God. Recognize his voice. Pay attention. And when you know it's him, respond. If you'll do that, friend, he'll lead you into many wonderful things that God has for your life. It's important that you prepare. Opportunities come to those who are prepared. Amen? Do you believe that opportunities come to those who are prepared? Now, as much as that is true, and I believe it too, there's a negative side to that. Let me share what I mean, okay? Opportunities also come to those who aren't prepared. And friend, if an opportunity from God comes and you're not prepared and you step into it, there's a strong possibility that God won't be able to sustain you in that opportunity because you weren't prepared. Why does an actor forget his lines? He didn't practice. He wasn't prepared. Don't get caught not prepared. Can you say amen? So that's the first thing. I won't take as long as the other four. We should be out of here by two o'clock. But here's number two. Look for the opportunities. Look for them. Come on, say that with me, church. Look for the opportunities. It's important that you're looking spiritually, you're aware, because if you're not looking for the opportunities and you're not paying attention, you could miss a Holy Spirit opportunity. Have you ever been at a stoplight, a red light? Now, I'm not saying I've done this. I'm asking you if you've done this and you've been on your phone 
and you've been texting or you've been on Instagram or you've been on Facebook and the light's red and there's nobody behind you. You could see that. It's clear. It's a country road. There's nobody around and you're just playing with your phone. The light's red and you're playing with it and then all of a sudden you lost track of time and you look back up and the light's turning yellow again. You missed the opportunity for the green light because you weren't paying attention, and now you're stuck at a red light again. That can happen spiritually, friend. So I want to encourage you. Something you can do. Begin to look for opportunities. Holy Spirit, show me what God the Father wants me to see. Plans, purposes, promises that you have for my life. Here's the third thing. This is so good. Be open to new possibilities. Come on, say it with me, church. Be open to new possibilities. Listen, God's promise or God's purpose might not come with your checklist. It might not come with your box the way you think it needs to be. And if you're so narrow-minded and you're not willing to, to let God expand the possibilities, you could lose something. I love what it says in the Old Testament. I think Isaiah, listen, he says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Are you open to a new thing? How about that spouse you're believing God for? You've got this list. What if he comes and it's a little bit different, but it's God's man or God's woman? Are you open to a different possibility? That career, that career. Are you open to a new possibility? I know someone who was so set on a career path that this person just wasn't open to a new possibility. They were looking for this job over and over and over, had to fit this criteria. Closed door, closed door, closed door, closed door, closed door. It's God's will to get the job. It's God's will to move into the career. I might be talking to somebody right now. God wants for you to have a great career, but if you're so narrow-minded, it has to be like this. It has to look like this. It has to pay this amount. You could miss a new possibility that God wants to unfold. By the way, just by trusting him and stepping in, if you know it's him, one thing led to another. This person got this job that they didn't necessarily want at first. One thing led to another, to another, to another. Increase, increase, raise, raise, more responsibility. Possibly talking about doubling the salary. But at first, it didn't fit the bill. Friend, be open to new possibilities. God is going to do a new thing in your life and he's going to lead you into the purposes and the plans and the promises that he has for you as his son or his daughter. Here's the fourth thing. This is important. Keep a faith-filled mindset. Why is that important? Because faith is not negative. Keep a faith-filled mindset mindset. How do I do that? Read your Bible. Memorize some promises. Memorize the scriptures. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you which promises are for you. I remember when I I just had such a desperate desire to serve full God in ministry. I had a sense of a call on my life to serve, you know, full time, not, not, not doing something else and this too. And I just didn't see how it was going to happen. And I was serving in Anaheim together with my wife. And I just knew this is going to be it. This is, this is where God's going to just open the floodgates. And I'm going to serve God full time here. Everything's going to work out. And it didn't. And when it didn't, I began to get discouraged. I began to get full of doubt. 
I went out and I did some things that probably weren't God's will. Okay, they, they, they weren't God's will. Don't judge me. I know you've done that too, right? I stepped out of God's will. And then I, I just realized I needed to get back in faith. I heard God. I knew that was a promise. I began to fast and pray my meals. Not as many tacos, more prayer, right? Not as much food, more spending time with God. And as I did that, God began to speak to me. And he began to fill my mind and my heart with faith. And I knew this is a promise that God has for us. And he spoke and it was clear. Long story short, I'm here with you beautiful people this morning because I kept a faith-filled mindset. I'm not perfect. At times I failed and my wife had to come and remind me, listen, God's promised it. He's going to make it happen. And so I just want to encourage you. Faith is not negative. Renew your mind. Renew your mind by the power of the spirit and the power of the word. How much time are you investing in the scriptures? Listen, with other people on occasion that are like-minded, that are going to encourage you, that are going to strengthen you, that are going to empower you, that are going to feed your faith. We're called to do that. That'll help you keep a faith-filled mindset. Here's the fifth thing. Maybe one of the most important of the five. Seize the opportunity. Seize. S-E-I-Z-E. Seize it. Lay hold of it. This is important because religion might say, well, if it's God's will, it's just going to happen. That's not true. All throughout the scriptures, God's people had to possess the promise. They had to inherit the promises. They had to obtain the promises. I'm going to have our worship team come back up to the platform right now. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.